Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, I'm a mum of two, and I created Kinderama multi-activity classes for younger kids, and I've been working with that age group for the last 20 years. Hello, I'm Bethan O'Riordan, and I'm a mum of three, and I'm a psychotherapist who runs the Camp Parenting Club. Each week, Steph and I are going to be answering one of your parenting dilemmas. And if you would like us to answer your question, email us themummind at gmail.com. And a quick favour, if you wouldn't mind just clicking follow or subscribe on your platform that you're listening to us now, that just helps us create more useful, free content for you to listen to. So this week's question, da da da. My partner thinks I'm soft in the way I discipline our children. How do I get him on board? It's a great question. It's a great <laughs> question, isn't it? Because I think yes. I think most people have been there at some point. Because like you know, you don't go into parenthood and agree on everything straight away. And and once you've muddled through kind of you know the baby years, <laughs> oh yes. Well, I'll yeah, let you I... go first. <laughs> the voice <laughs> of reason. Well. It's really tricky, isn't it? Because I always think, you know, you meet someone because you have really similar values to them in some regard. You know, yeah, you're into the same things or similar things. That's what attracts you to them. You hang out, you have a great time. And then you have a baby and then you have a toddler and everything changes because the everybody goes into their parenting default mode. So it's like your DNA starts to do the talking. You know, you open your mouth and your mother falls out. And when your partner opens their mouth and their mother falls out, you know, oh my God, I didn't know that part of you existed at all. And perhaps they're thinking the same of you as well. And this is a generalization, but usually uh, there is one parent who stays at home to look after the child in the beginning few months, you know, usually the mother or usually one of the mothers. And um, they go through a process of having to tune into a child. You know, if you're spending 10 hours a day one on one with somebody, you generally get to know them and understand them. And then the partner comes home from work or they come in and, and, and they have a different way of doing things. And you've spent 10 hours figuring out how to get this to work. And the other partner has a different experience of it or the other parent uh, herein where the problem lies. Yeah. And I think even if you open your mouth and your mother falls out you go through a process of kind of going I don't like that I don't like saying that I don't I don't feel good saying that I don't like the result of saying that and maybe you start going through a process I know I did of going well how do I change that what do I do and maybe you read a book maybe you join the calm parenting club as I did and go help you know what's happening and especially when those kids start bringing up feelings in you you know I knew I know certain things my daughter used to do or say made me really angry but I knew it wasn't about the thing that she was doing I didn't know where the anger was coming from but this is all part of the default programming in our heads Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you know that, Steph, because I have a lot of conversations with a lot of parents and I was this parent. Like when I first became a parent, I thought my child was the problem. Yes. I thought their anger was the problem. You need to be fixed. You need to go. (laughs) You, this three-year-old. Yeah. You need to comply. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need to go and sort yourself out. I had no idea that I had to figure out the language of this child. 
And that's what parenting is. Parenting isn't, I mean, I know that people, that children need assessments and they can be helpful for plans of care and support and agencies and all, all, you know, multidisciplinary teamwork, all the rest of it. But that's not to get the child to change. That's to figure out, well, what language does your child talk and how can you evolve so that you can join that child on their journey? And that takes a whole family to change. Yeah, and that's a massive shift in thinking because I can already hear, well, we'll just call him my husband, uh, listening to this <laughs> and, <laughs> and saying, what a load of rubbish learning the language of your child. What does that even mean? Yeah, and I think the great thing about kids these days is, is that the old way of parenting simply doesn't work. You know, for example... I have conversations with parents and, you know, they're like, oh, I just keep shouting at my child and I just keep telling them to do the same thing and they don't do it. And I say, oh, and then and then I say, well, how were you treated as a child? And they say, well, I was just told to shut up and get on with it if I cried or if I did this or I knew just to pick it up because I'd be really afraid of getting a slap or the belt or the spoon or whatever it was. Yeah. So I think these new kids are asking something new of us because you're not legally allowed to do that in this country. Well, do you know what? Weirdly enough, yesterday I was driving through Cork City and I saw a parent smack a child. Uh. Now, sorry, that's Roxy the cat, if you can hear <laughs> rustling in the background. Um, <laughs> now, she did it out of complete fear. He'd obviously run off from her and I saw her running full pelt down the street. He was about three. And I could oh. just, I, I could feel, you know, her panic. And she slapped the back of his hand a couple of times but I could tell that was out of pure fear but it also really shocked me yeah because I, that, how far have we come you know that was normal when I was growing up that's not yeah. that long ago well <laughs> my kids will say it's yeah. the olden days but you know what I mean it's not <laughs> it, historically it's not that long ago yeah and you see we have come far but has the support for parents come that far I don't know you know the government says you're not allowed to hit your kids okay there's no directive on what to do and say I think the thing is also I meet a lot of parents who have hit their children give them them a slap and felt terrible about it afterwards and, mm. and I think it's important to say that these things happen as a reaction yeah I know it's illegal but it's not you know you're not going to you're not going to go to prison for having these moments of total lack of awareness where just you were so scared. You just went, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, or parents who have picked up their children too roughly yeah. or squeezed them too roughly or, 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 or done something in that moment of exhaustion, frustration, anger, just totally demented. And I don't mean demented in a kind of, haha, I was demented. I mean, those really dark days. Yeah. And, and I, so I want parents to know that if they have done that um, and, and they're listening to this and they kind of, you know, it's a really horrible, sick feeling that you almost want to get sick. Mm. I, I would really suggest going to therapy. It doesn't have to be me. Um, and talking that experience through because the guilt of that will eat away at you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it takes a lot of time to have real compassion for the parts of yourself who didn't know any better at that time. But it's possible. You know, so just just to say that, because it's this big, dark secret that no one can tell anyone. 
Yeah, which is crazy because that is the way we were parented. So like you said, it is that default mode that kind of falls out of you at those moments when you're feeling very low, very tired, very stressed, very scared, whatever it may be. And that just comes out. Yeah. And, and, And I think it's a really awful feeling. But like all awful feelings, if we ignore them, then they grow. You know, that creates the breeding ground for them to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and be the worst and awful voice in our minds. Um, so just to say that. So I guess the question isn't just about discipline or was it just about discipline? But when you're trying to get a partner on board, I don't think it's necessarily just about discipline. Like, for example, yesterday, my son was struggling with his homework, but he'd been struggling with his homework for the last couple of weeks and he was getting really emotional about it. And to be honest, I, I'd kind of reached my capacity and I was like, it's just homework. Let's just leave yeah. it. And he's like, what do you mean that let's just leave it? Because he'd be really conscientious like that. I said, it's okay. We'll just leave it today. It's not working. It's not worth this amount of upset. It's just homework. We can do it another day or not, or I can write a note or not, whatever. And then my husband said to me, well, now you've just set a precedent that he's going to say every day, well, I'm not doing my homework. And I just turned around and said, have I? Yeah. No, I, I, did, I, didn't, I don't have the answer. <laughs> I don't know whether I've set a precedent or not. We'll see tomorrow. But... I do. So... <laughs> Go on. Go on. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could read people's minds. Life would be a lot easier. But what we have to do is we have to trust our children's intrinsic desire to do well in life. Right. And as you said, you know your son, you know that he's someone who wants to do well. So that's your answer. Okay. You know, like if you weren't sure, if you were like, oh, he doesn't wash, he doesn't do his teeth. If, if there's all these, if there's all these pieces of lack of motivation for himself, you know, he won't do anything I ever ask of him ever. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I could ask 7 million times for the towel to be picked up and it will eventually, you know, but I mean like ever, then you know in those situations that your child is probably being totally stuffed with pressure from you as the parent and they're actually shutting down Mm. so if you have a child who suffers with low motivation it's probably because of pressure from their parents in some way and this happened I mean most parents cannot see it because can we see ourselves I don't know that's why getting the support to figure it out is is crucial so I think as well one really important thing is if we ever make a decision from a place of fear then that is usually the wrong decision. Yes, we have our gut instinct to tune into, but I mean in terms of our children's... So I'll rewind a little bit. You know, sometimes if I get nervous or scared for something about my kids, if I don't know, they're going somewhere, and I, oh, I just have a bad feeling. Listen to that bad feeling about that thing. Okay. But in these situations, when you're making a decision around something as simple as homework, you know, and the fear voice comes in with the, well, but has this a precedent set? We know that we're not making a decision from that place of trust within ourselves, that place of, well, I really trust that my child will thrive. It's from a place of fear. Yeah. And it's hard to do. We've talked about this on here before. It's hard to do because it's something new. It's something different. It's not what we were taught. It's not how we were handled. So then it becomes quite difficult. And I can imagine from, I'm assuming it's a lady that wrote in the, the, the question about, you know, how do I get my husband on board becomes that you having to answer to that, you having to say, 
what you've just said, but probably not as eloquently, you know, that I'm, I'm trusting that he will do his homework tomorrow, or if he doesn't, that we'll get back to it. It is just not suiting him right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think you see any time, and I hope I explain this right, because I find it a tricky one to put into words, although it's totally clear in my mind. Anytime that we kind of feel at loggerheads with our children about a decision, so around this homework decision, so removing you for one minute from it, you know, if there's a kind of loggerhead scenario going on, it means that we are not ahead of our children. It means that our children's emotional development is actually ahead of us at that stage. And that is not what children need. Children need us to be one second ahead. They need us to be light years ahead, but they need us to be ahead. So if we're if we're getting locked in this kind of fear based, well, you know, that means they're never going to be able to have you set a precedent, all this kind of really critical stuff. It means that we've stopped listening to the needs of a child. And that's really important. If you'd like the answers to help your child with their emotions or behaviours, or if you're ready to become the parent and person you'd like to be, then start your free seven-day trial in the Cow Parenting Club by going to my website, bethanoreardon.com. Okay. So when, you know, for example, if there is, I don't want to call it bad behaviour because I know that's not what we term it as just because yeah. of what I've learned from you, but if there's difficult behaviour... I can hear somebody saying, um, well, what's the consequence? Yeah. Do you know, because that, that's what happened to us. You know, it, yeah. bad behavior had a consequence. Therefore, we were afraid of the consequence and we didn't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. Oh, hmm. so anytime I've spoken to one of my children or anytime I've spoken to a child in the therapy room about something that wasn't the right thing to do. And let's just call it that because this stuff, it's hard to get the PC eloquent terminology and it's okay to talk about things being good or bad. It's okay to talk about things being wrong or right because it's not that simple to explain. And that's the thing that children need to understand is that this isn't clear cut. Yeah. Us, as, us as two experienced mothers and people who are really far into their personal development in life, we're finding it hard. Yeah. So do kids find it hard? Hell yeah, they do. So it's okay just to say it. It's okay to say it as it is. But anytime I've spoken to a child in the therapy room, including a teenager, or anytime I've spoken to my children and there has been something that's been wrong, whether it's a misplaced emoji, um, whether it's something that they didn't reply to online, whether it's that they didn't do the homework they were meant to do over the Christmas holidays, and now they're under so much pressure, they don't know how they're going to get their work done. And these are all things I hear about. They all feel really bad about it. You know, not one of them is like, yeah, I got away with that. They're all like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And that's that's the lesson in life, is, is, isn't it? Is, is that kids know, kids mm -hmm. know anyway. And I think some something I hear all the time is, Let's go back to the picking things up thing, because this is something about discipline that parents, most parents who I meet really, really are kind of like, but I ask them to pack their bag for school seven times and they won't do it. And then that means I have to shout at them. And then when I shout at them, they do it then. So really, the child is making me shout at them. And I say, well, you know, there's there's lots of ways to look at that. But if 
if you're asking a child to do the same thing and they're not listening, it's the parent's responsibility to stop and do something different. And so stop focusing on the big thing. And everyone has a big thing with a child, like every day they take ages to put on their shoes or every day they won't pack their bag or every day. And what happens then is the child falls into this kind of default modus operandi with their parent of like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to act then. This is how I'm going to behave. And it just reinforces an inner messaging to the child that I am bad. But the reality is, is that if we say, decide, have rules between you and your partner about how many times you're going to do and say things to say, look, we will ask them twice to pack their bag. And if they don't pack their bag, I will help them do it or I will really quietly do it. Because over time, children will develop the skills of packing their bags themselves. But parents get their knickers in a right twist around it, have a huge fight about it, where it's a total distraction from the reality of the relationship. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I'm I'm hearing... Let's just call him my husband again. He's <laughs> in there going, but he should be packing his bag. He's this many years old. He should take responsibility for packing the bag. I say, how do you know that? Well, because that's what I was doing at his age. Yeah, how did that go for you? <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like my husband is living inside my body. Are you, are you channeling him now? <laughs> yeah, and. And, and and this is the thing, the reality is, is that I, I would say to parents, because I, I mean, you know, it's really hard to talk about this stuff, I think, without maybe coming across as critical or judgmental or, but this all comes from a total place of compassion from within me of like, well, you know, people are asking the questions because they know it's not working. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people ask the questions, you know, say uh, the husband, um, you know, is, is saying, well, you know, that worked for me. And I say, well, okay, but is it working for you now? Is this the relationship you want to have with your son? You know, is the mirroring of the relationship you had with your parents, did that leave you feeling good? If so, okay. But if it didn't, well, you're repeating that now. So now you have this wonderful opportunity to learn something different. And I'm remembering something else that we've talked about um, before and I use in the classroom a lot with Kinderama is don't forget there can be humor in these moments too yeah as in you know there are times when I have to ask my son loads of times to do everything but you know there are times that I'll tickle him and kind of lean in and say how many times am I gonna ask you you know jokingly to, yeah. and it'll make him giggle and lose oh okay I'm on it I'm on it I'll do it I'll do it yeah because you see the really hard thing is is that a lot of parents I meet kind of have a, I mean, they could tell me like a million things that their kids do bad or their kids do wrong. And this is ranging from the age of four to the age of 15, 16. Okay. And, you know, one of them could be, well, they always pick up and they always pick things up to throw at their sibling. And I don't want them to. I say, oh, great. How, how, how are you going to do that? Because we have no control over children. But what we have is influence. And the greatest influence we have is when we respond to a child in a different way, then that calms the part of their brain. So if they pick something up to throw, we can catch their hand, we can give them a tickle, and we can say, hey, what are you doing throwing stuff? And that redirects that part of the brain that was upset and overwhelmed 
instead of them throwing you getting cross you getting angry and then that going back into the child's brain as fear they have felt overwhelmed and wanted to demonstrate it and you've come in and you've made it safe you know even when things get smashed and broken and thrown across the room and that's life that's the expression of anger and the more that we can be neutral within that but totally loving and supportive that is the way to create lasting relationships that is the way most parents say to me i want when my child is a teenager teenager for them to come and talk to me and say anything to me i say well you have to stop giving out to them if they didn't get their shoes on in time then yeah because you're planting the seeds now for that communication later on yeah yeah and 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 also stop you know what is the expression stop like beating them with a stick or something I don't mean actually (laughs) you know that's a different podcast but you know but you know like stop giving out to them for all the things they don't do and stop reminding them of all the things they didn't do that day because they don't need to know they know yeah they know already and over time I mean this is the stuff that people don't realize is that six seven eight children aren't independent by that age you know wait and see if your 11 year old can get up and do their pack lunch and remember to clean their teeth without being asked you know see this is a long game we're playing here this is a long game and if we're too authoritative in the younger years all that does is create a breeding ground for self-criticism and then parents come back and they keep wanting to talk about stuff and talk about stuff and you know you must listen till we've spoken about this and children shut down I hear all the time children say oh no I don't want to talk about that because there's feelings of shame inside because there's feelings of shame inside and they're too unsafe to talk with you this is the age of six or seven you know it's tricky yeah and do you know, I remembered a story you said not on the podcast, probably in the Calm Parenting Club about, you know, your child, you're always asking them to bring a coat and they're always forgetting their coat yeah. and where it might be kind of a feeling that you have that you go, well, this time I'm going to let them go to school without their coat and then they'll know because they'll have to be cold and miserable all day. And you said, or you could just sneak the coat in the back of the car. And when they really realize they've forgotten their coat, you can say, I have it. Because yeah. then you've made it safe. They've realized already that they've forgotten their coat and they were potentially going to be cold all day. And it's not like you're going to do that every day. But you've made yeah. it a safer experience. I mean, kindness just overrides everything. You know, the days that I can't find stuff because, you know, my kids didn't get their coat losing abilities from nobody. Mm. I mean, you know, oh, that's that's my greatest gift. I've passed my that's my legacy. I've passed down, you know, they're welcome. You know, like I lose stuff all the time. It's just in me. I remember when I left home when I was 17, I lost 11 debit cards in a year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know so I bet your bank knew you well well you didn't have to pay for them when I was I mean maybe if you'd had to I mean now it's like a fiver to replace it maybe they should have done that to me uh, but I did they knew me really well I had a cup of tea and a chat when I went in hi Bethan back again yeah lost your card <laughs> yeah me again guys how you doing you know but they didn't when I went into the bank they didn't punish me you know they knew no, that's that was, it you're not having yeah one. 
Yeah, they knew I was 17. I'd left home for the first time. I lived three hours away. I was trying to manage my rent and my work and my bills and partying, you know, yeah. <laughs> had a lot, had a lot going on. <laughs> and you see, kindness overrides everything. And here's the thing. Parents love when their kids are kind to other people. Mm. They get a right kick from it. They, I think this means that your child has then fallen into the category of good. But children don't learn kindness unless we offer it to them. Children are innately kind, but experiences in life build up walls. And the other thing about discipline and partners having different, um, different views on, on discipline is that the messaging to children can go a little like this. Are you only good when you're doing good behaviors? So parents say to me things like, you know, I love when they tidy their room, this kind of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old. I love when they tidy their room. I love when they read books to their siblings, but I really shout at them and they don't listen to me. And you see, what children need from their parents is to totally love them regardless. Consistency the, throughout. Yeah, be the same parent. Be the same parent, whether a child has done something, you know, good or done something bad. Can you love them the same? Can you respond in the same way the majority of the time? Because we're all human. We all do snip and snap and shout and have days when we're more on edge. But can you love your child the same, really? Can you really love your child the same? But you're not talking about, you know, if your child's tidied room and you say, oh, well done, the, the room looks lovely. We're not saying, oh, well done, you slapped your brother in the face. That's great. It, it's not, you don't mean literally the same. No, but it's can you, can you operate from that same place inside of you? Are you still, I often think with me, this is just me personally for my parenting. I guess I try and operate from a place of real compassion. A real place of, do you know what? Life is hard, but I'm here to help you. Mm. So, and 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 that and, and that comes from like a real place within my sternum. Is that where I don't yeah. know, like heart kind center? Of like, yeah, yeah. So I try and operate from that place. I know that if I'm operating from my upper chest, it kind of my my throat area, then that's anxiety. I know to close my mouth. Don't 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 talk, Bethan, because what is going to come out will be really unhelpful for people around you. Even if I'm thinking those thoughts, yeah, I have crazy thoughts. I have thoughts like, oh my God, not again. Oh, I'm so tired. Where is your coat? Where is my coat? You know, like we have these thoughts, but then I tune inwards. I go into that place that I know has the best interest for me and my children at heart. And I can talk to them or be with them or respond to them in a way that isn't shaming and isn't judging and isn't like, oh, wow, you're amazing because you can tidy your room. But I have real hatred for you when you don't do nice things. <laughs> or or even worse, disappointment. Or disappointment. Yeah. It's that when they do do the mad stuff, when they do say crazy things or do crazy things, I can be there to help you. I can be there to help you understand what that was about. I can be there to help you talk about it, not talk about it. I can just lie in bed with you and be with you and regulate you but I will not punish you and I will not shame you I've just listened to a Brené Brown podcast that's really resonating with me right now because she's done a load of research on the fact that everybody is doing their best yeah 
And it's such, if you think about that, like she did the research, like if you actually change your perspective, you know, nobody sets out to wreck your day. So yeah. if everybody's doing their best, then you have more compassion and kindness, right? Yeah, everyone's just giving it a whirl. And yeah. this is where parenting gets really tricky because our brains have memories and they attach them to our children and our children become what we call in therapy, the other. So it's not about your child, it's what they represent in you. They represent selfishness. They represent themes like selfishness, anger, shame, exclusion, isolation, being spoiled. They represent all of these themes which come up in us. So okay, so this is quite deep now and I'm trying to keep yes. up with you. <laughs> trying to keep up with you. So if my daughter does something and I'm feeling ashamed of her or really disappointed in her, that's not actually about her at all. No, it's just that she's done something and she was trying her best. But you so have what's huge happening feelings to me? of you have huge feelings of shame for some reason. You know, it might be that that memory has has triggered that. Sorry, wrong way around. That experience has triggered a memory in your brain. You know, we all have our default modes. We all have our our value systems really ingrained to us at a very young age. And sometimes they get trodden on. Sometimes they get stirred up and we have to decide, is this relevant for me right now? Or do I need to feel shame? No, I'm okay. I can stand over this. Okay. You know, easier said than done. Yeah. You know, but this is where our personal development work, it's never done. I remember I said to my supervisor once, people come to me and they say, how long is your therapy work? How long do I need to come for therapy for till I'm done? Oh, you'll be fixed in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, like a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. Eight sessions and we'll be done. Eight, eight, eight sessions should do it. Well, six is always like a magic number. People come for six sessions and then that thing seems to be like, oh, okay, we understand that now. But it's really a lifetime's work. It's yeah. a lifetime's work because we're understanding us. You know, and, well, and especially and then, when you, kids are involved, because they're various stages. And I, I've seen it in in mine and my husband's relationship and in the kids at the relationship with us. It's constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's kind of can we as parents be flexible to that? Can we be open to that? Can we hear what's going on and remain Switzerland all the way? Can you be neutral? <laughs> you know, because that's what children need. Children need this neutrality with total caring and total compassion that they are trying their best. No Russian and, moments. <laughs> no Russian moments. And sometimes people do, children need, children need our encouragement. They do need help learning the edges of life. They need help with, oh, all kinds of social, physical, everything, environments and situations. But that happens with kindness. Yeah, so bringing it back to our original question about how did, how did the lady bring her husband on board, this isn't to say that all of a sudden we have a, a, a child with no boundaries. There are still yeah. rules, there are still boundaries, but we're not addressing those with shame or fear. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing about getting a husband on board or a partner on board Oh, I mean, it is 
it's really hard. Well, you can start because... with this podcast. <laughs> start here. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think know that your partner is trying their best as well. With the, with the tools that they have. Yeah. And actually, that you know, I'll be honest, you know, when we started out on this journey, me and my husband were on very different pages. And maybe actually we were on similar pages, but I moved in a different direction and much quicker than he did because of yeah. what I was reading and listening to and learning. And then every now and then I would do that. I say, you need to read this, even if it was just yeah. a paragraph or you need to listen to this just to help because I knew that he didn't know the stuff that I knew. Yeah. You know, I, I go into a classroom every day. I can't shout at the kids. I can't threaten to do this, that and the other to them because, yeah. God, I'd be arrested. Yeah. So I had different ways of helping the kids kind of do what I needed them to do, but in a fun way. Yeah. And he didn't have that skill set. So I can't just look at him and go, well, you're rubbish. I have to bring him along in a kind of non-patronizing way. <laughs> yeah. And it's also about... You know, it sort of raises questions about someone's relationship, I think, then as well, because the relationship changes when children come along. Mm. And sometimes sometimes that can be a really serious conversation. You know, you know, if you if you don't change and come on board with us, then that that that's going to pose difficulties for our relationship because that can be the reality. Yeah. You know, and, and it's OK that parents parents don't have to be totally the same. I love that my I love that my parent parents but I love that my husband parents in a different way to me he does things in a different way um but it all comes from the same value system you know so it's not like we have to be totally identical but just similar that's interesting okay so you, you you've still got the compassion and kindness but it's delivered in different ways yeah I mean he just doesn't says things in different ways I would be you know, I'm a therapist, but I have to be these kids' mum, you know, so uh, perhaps a, a part of me might always want to over-talk things, so I know not to. I know, oh, don't do that, Beth, and Christ, that's not what anyone needs, you know, but my husband might go out and, come on, let's get the Hurley and the Slitters and we'll bash them off the wall a bit. Yeah. Y you know, hey, he just has different ways of doing the same thing, but the most important thing isn't really what we say. It's more about what we do. You know, I spoke about this a little bit on Instagram this week, but I went to see the Puss in Boots movie. Like, I love the Puss in Boots movies. They are so funny. But there's a, there's this amazing bit in it where Puss in Boots gets really scared and he runs away. And he runs into a big scary forest and he lies down behind a tree and he's goosed. His heart is beating through his chest and his eyes are totally dilated. He's like, he, he embodies anxiety. And this little dog comes along and he lies down beside him and he lets him rub his tummy. And it's in the process of him rubbing his tummy that Puss in Boots starts to regulate. His heartbeat slows down and the world becomes a safer place. And he's then thinking more rationally, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back, you know? So that's, that's what discipline is about. Discipline is like about how can you be the influence on your child's life so that they feel safe, so that they feel, okay, I can do this, so they can come back to a place of zero within themselves. Because operating from that high-end place of anxiety and stress, 
I mean, I think most people have had some experience of burnout before, some experience of being overwhelmed. So if we can come in and be that, be that person who just is prepared to be there to help calm things down in whatever way that is, it might be with a hurley, it might be with a rugby ball, it might be through cooking, it might be through lying in bed, it might be a massage, it might be a movie, it might be talking, it might be leaving them alone. It can be so many things. Rubbing the pet's belly. Rubbing the pet's belly. It was so cute. I got up this morning, actually, before everyone in the house. It was totally dark. I put on a candle and I got the dog out of her crate and I just cuddled her on the sofa for half an hour. And it was so lovely. I was such a nice mom then when the kids came down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and because this is it, you know, so the sergeant major stuff doesn't turn out well. Yeah. And you don't feel great, but it's we're back to kind of us filling our cup first so that we have that capacity to be kind in those moments where we actually want to kill them. Yeah. And just know that if you are, if you're having a fear based thought, if you're like, well, what if this is like this forever or aren't, isn't this setting a precedent? Just know, just know, God, am I just operating from a place of fear inside? Because if so, that is not the solution. Cool. I think that's a good place to leave it. I think we've kind of summed things up about filling our cup and bringing your partner on board in kind of nice, gentle ways um, yeah. and operating from a compassionate, kind place and maybe a humorous place sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of dissolve, you know, the, 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 the shouting and the, the yuckiness. Yeah. Make yeah, it a bit nicer. Absolutely. Sounds good. And just remember, everyone is trying their best, but it's for the parents and the adults to change, not the child. Perfect. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Kinderama is a multi-activity program for younger kids. It's full of music, imaginative play, adventures, ball skills, dance, drama, and all for the under sixes. We have an online program at kinderama.com and if you use the discount code MUMMIND20, you can have 20% off an annual membership.